It's 6 a.m. in Israel. I walk from our village to go and watch the sun rise over the Sea of Galilee. As I jump into the quiet, calm, cool waters, and all of a sudden, it becomes so clear to me. Welcome back to Cultivating Truth. My name is Aaron Davis, and this is episode three, titled The Storyteller at the Sea. Now, obviously, we get this title from the story that I was just telling you at my time in Israel this past fall. I had the great opportunity to go and do work, uh, video production work over there and give create content and There's this one point where I am off having quiet time. No one else is around. No one else is awake. And I go down to the Sea of Galilee. And it's one of the most iconic and one of my favorite parts of going to Israel. It's this lush, beautiful place. And it hits me as I'm in the water that this is the place where Jesus walked. This is the place where Jesus showed that he was God and showed that he was something more than just a mere man. And it was along this coast where he goes over and talks to everyday people like you and me and teaches them the ways of the Father and the ways of salvation. In one of my quiet times, I go off and record a video to reflect my thoughts on just how Jesus told amazing stories and he taught in parables. It was here at the Sea of Galilee over 2,000 years ago where we would find Jesus performing many of his miracles and teachings. One of the best ways that Jesus connected to everyday people was teaching in this thing called parables. Parables are stories, stories that the Bible describes as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus told these stories in a creative way and a creative form of communication to reach the hearts of those listening. When creating art nowadays, an artist will try to tell stories in a way that simply words just cannot express, just like the parables. I find that creatives struggle when thinking through balancing their creative stories that they would like to tell and their faith. This meant so much to me and really inspired me to make this video because as I was thinking through Jesus as a storyteller and as a teacher, I thought through what's so different about the way that Jesus teaches and a lot of the Christian art and storytellers that I can find in today's time. And I think that understanding Jesus's parables and understanding how Jesus did it can give clarity to Christian creators and storytellers and how we should go about our art forms and our stories that we desire to tell. Now, this episode is meant for a couple of people. It's first meant for the Christian creative who is trying to find their voice and where the line is for their creativity and their faith and telling a story and finding their artistry. This is also for the church to understand just how to think when it comes to Christian creatives and what makes a good, faithful story. This also goes to those who are more of a consumer and you're not as much on the creative side and you want to understand what makes a good story and you want to know what should I watch, what could I listen to, what's appropriate, what's biblical, and what's not. It's no secret, many people would say that Christian art is, well, lacking to be polite. There are great artists and storytellers who are out there and they are trying to revolutionize the game. But the problem is, is there's not that much great work that is out there. I think that one of the reasons for this is because we have an improper view of how to view artistry and Christian thinking during storytelling. And if we can go to the scriptures, we can see how Jesus told his stories through versions of the parables to impact a society 
and eventually a nation and eventually the entire world. Parables are a heavenly truth that's told in a practical earthly way. Essentially, it's an illustration, an illustration to teach anyone about God, about Jesus, about salvation, and about our faith that can be told in a practical way that the common person can understand. Jesus is teaching to the fishermen, the farmers, the families, and his disciples, and he's trying to tell them about the Father and his relationship to the Father and how to become a Christian. But he does so in a manner that is common for them to understand. It is told in a relatable story about agriculture or something that they are very comfortable with rather than the philosophical or theological side. Matthew 13 verse 1 says, that same day Jesus went out of the house, sat beside the seat and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no root they withered away other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let them hear. Now, the interesting thing about this story is that it does have a practical meaning as stated. This is a message about the sower, the farmer who throws his seeds out onto the soil. And depending on what kind of soil it lands on depends on the outcome of that soil. If it lands on the road, it will be devoured by the crow. If it lands on the thorny soil, it'll be choked up. If on the rocky soil, it'll bounce back up and get scorched up by the sun. And if it lands on the good soil, it's going to grow and grow and then eventually multiply. Now, as people are listening to this story, They're thinking, yes, absolutely. This makes a lot of sense. This makes sense on why I throw my seeds. And if it hits the road, the crows come and get it. Or if I throw it against the thorny soil, it's going to choke up and die and not really produce. But the cool thing about these stories is that Jesus would tell these stories and they had a deeper heavenly meaning. You see, when Jesus told these stories, he is relating to them and they are understanding and getting good practical advice from this story. But then the disciples call out and they say, Why are you telling them? The very next verse says, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in such parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Disciples essentially asking, Why aren't you preaching to them? Why aren't you telling them what's up? You're you're not telling them what you told us. And this is Jesus saying that this is the things of heaven, and this has not been given to them yet. And I think that understanding these parables and understanding Jesus's response to the disciples as they're asking this question, there could be a lot of clarity for the Christian creative and Christian storyteller as we begin to do our artwork. And we're trying to find that fine line and trying to find our voice in being a creative. Now let's fast forward to 2023. Why is so many of our Christian artists bad? Why is it lacking? It just does not compare to what's going on in Hollywood or other forms of art and media. Why is that? Well, in thinking through the parables and thinking through what's going on in today's cultural climate, I find that there are three major hurdles that many Christian creatives struggle with. The first one is explicity. This is a major issue with Christian artists wanting to create artwork 
that doesn't necessarily have a biblical meaning, but are fearful that they're not being explicit in presenting their artwork as a form of worship and being explicit to the gospel. Many Christians struggle with this because it feels as if that there's only one type of artwork that we can do, and that is explicit artwork that is clear about Jesus being our Lord and our Savior. Now, there is nothing wrong with being explicit, and I would encourage those creatives who have found a good outlet and have found a good audience to tell those stories, to continue to tell those stories. But I don't believe that every creative needs to be that way, and I don't believe that Jesus was explicit every time that he taught. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus is known for going into the temple and with religious leaders such as the Pharisees and Sadducees and telling them that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no one who comes to the Father except through him. Wow, that is explicit. That is clear cut. Jesus is the only way to worship Yahweh and to even get close to him. You must come to Jesus, meaning you must listen to Jesus and follow Jesus and his teachings. That is huge. That is explicit. But that is not a parable. That is not necessarily the teachings that Jesus was giving whenever he would give these illustrations to the everyday folk. There was a time and place for Jesus to be crystal clear in what he was presenting. And when he wanted to talk theology and whenever he was talking to the religious leaders, he was very clear and he was causing controversy during those moments. He stood by it, though, and that eventually is what led him to the cross to die for our sins. But the second hurdle that I think that we can find uh, for Christian creatives is mystery. When teaching through his parables, not only was Jesus not explicit, but he was somewhat mysterious in teaching these stories. The disciples could find this. They knew that he wasn't being explicit. They saw that he was being somewhat mysterious and they're calling him out saying, Jesus, what are you doing? You know, if we're here and we're supposed to be evangelizing to these people, why are you not giving a clear cut message that you are the way and the truth and the life here? And Jesus is saying, because those who have ears, let them hear. Some of these things are not going to be for everyone. That doesn't mean that he is not preaching to them. That doesn't mean that he's not teaching to them. They're still getting the word, but they're getting it in a creative story that's going to be more relatable for them and something that's going to be a little bit easier for them to digest in this heavenly truth that they're receiving. If Jesus just gives this heavy theological sermon to everyone that he interacts with, some people it's going to go completely over their heads and they're not going to listen whatsoever. But for these parables, there was enough mystery that was engaging for the listeners to begin to think and begin to wonder, how does that relate to me? Because when we're talking about mystery, we're not talking about Scooby-Doo and trying to solve crimes. We're talking about that the, the message is not completely clear. It's hidden. It's snuck in there. It has layers and depth. Because many Christian artists and storytellers lack mystery, I would say that it kind of dumbs it down for us. Uh, for me, I like to sit and to think whenever I'm listening to a song and I'm trying to figure out the words and the lyrics, and I don't need it to be completely explicit. Actually, I would argue that the more explicit it is, then that makes it too easy on me. And I don't really think, and I like to think, I like to chew uh, on the message and appreciate the artists uh, conveying the story that they're wanting to tell. I think the same thing for our movies and for our writers is that we feel that we want to be so obvious and explicit when we're presenting the gospel. We want the next Narnia and we want to be very clear that Aslan represents Jesus. Well, let me tell you that that was not always explicit. And even C.S. Lewis got crud for that in trying to present the biblical nature of Jesus into a children's novel as a lion. You're never going to make everyone happy, 
But Jesus tells these stories in mystery, and I believe that we can tell these stories in mystery as well. And I don't think that we always have to be so explicit when we are presenting our stories. There is a time and a place for that. Like I said, Jesus is teaching to the religious leaders, and he's being very clear. I think when a pastor is standing up to preach or someone is teaching the word of God, they should be explicit. And they want to be clear cut that Jesus is the only way and that you must follow him in order to be saved. But when you're telling a story, whatever it might be, if it's about children going into the closet and finding lions and witches, or if it's about a possessed ring that we need to get rid of, uh, these are stories that aren't necessarily explicit, but they have heavenly meanings and mysterious truths to them that I think are beautiful and that I think that we can all appreciate. The third hurdle that I find many Christian creatives struggling with is controversy. Now, it's 2023, and it's not hard to pop onto social media and find the next celebrity who has now fallen into cancel culture. It happens all the time. We live in such a polarizing world that you can never make everyone happy. The hard part for the Christian creative is that those words seemingly contradict each other. Christian sounds like a very conservative term, and creative sounds a lot more like a liberal term. And many Christian creatives struggle in finding their identity and going one side of the coin to the next. Well. Once again, if we look at Jesus and how he responded to um, the religious leaders and the debates of his time, he wouldn't go on just the conservative or the liberal or the religious leaders versus the pagans. He wouldn't just go into what one side of the coin. He would always have that third option that was focused on heavenly truths and salvific meaning that ultimately lead to him towards our salvation. Now, why does the Christian creative struggle with this? Well, for example, if they stick to a more conservative approach and they are very clear, they are very explicit. Once again, nothing wrong with being explicit in your storytelling. But if you want to be explicit towards your faith, well, on one side, you could be called an idiot, narrow-minded bigot. On the other side, you could be called a not faithful heretic because you're not preaching Christ. Those are typically the two avenues that many Christian creatives find themselves trying to combat. And there's this fine line right in the middle of balancing not being uh, a narrow-minded idiot and not being a lover of this world. So where does the Christian creative fall on? The world and its polarization would say that you need to pick a side and you need to choose it. But I think what we find, once again, is that Jesus is the way. And Jesus did not just stick to one way or the other. The young Christian creative has liberty and has freedom to tell their story in a non-controversial way that's still honor and glorifying to Christ, even if it's not explicit. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that I think that the Christian can be glorifying Christ with their artwork, even if it has nothing to do with worshiping Jesus. For example, you could tell a story about a struggling marriage between a husband and a wife, but the husband is going to do whatever it takes to resolve the conflict with him and his wife, and he clings and holds fast to her, and it has nothing to do with Jesus, and it has nothing to do with the gospel. Yet, it is. Yet, these are the things of heaven. It is good for a man to hold fast to his wife, to humble himself, and to cling to her. These are good heavenly stories, even if they are not explicitly about Jesus. Well, controversy comes in, and why did they not uh, feel the need to give the gospel? Why was there not a prayer scene? Well, that's where I think that the church can become hurtful. Now, I am not saying that the Christian creative should be telling a sinful story. Now, when I say a sinful story, I mean specifically something that is going to be glorifying sin. Uh, 
something that is not going to be honoring to God is going to be that same husband that I was just telling you about is now cheating on his wife. And he's thinking about how he can cut her off to eventually marry this person he's been having um, an affair with. That's not glorifying to Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to avoid all things that are sinful. I think that storytellers can talk about things that are sinful that are not necessarily glorifying those stories, such as maybe the man goes through redemption, but before he has this redeeming moment, we see that he is a drunk and alcoholic before, and he's kind of worthless. Well, that's okay to show. That's, it's not like you have to run and hide from those elements. My point is, is that you're never going to make everyone happy, but what I would love to see the church do and what I believe that the Bible calls the church to is to rally behind those Christian creatives, the creatives who are out there, whether it is in Hollywood or Atlanta, New York, Nashville, and they are doing their artistry and they are trying to be faithful uh, to their Lord. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but I definitely do not think that Christians should fall under this cancel culture. If we believe the Bible and we believe what it says, then we need to understand that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and none of us are going to get this right. That means that some Christians that are going to be out there, their line of discernment is going to be a little bit different. Some are going to be okay with cussing. Some are going to be okay with drinking. And I do think that we need to be discerning on what where that line is. But for the most part, just because a creative does not give an explicit gospel presentation in their art form does not mean that their art is bad or sinful. And actually contrary, it could still be very much glorifying to the Lord. I have written so many different college recommendation letters to my students over the last decade. Students who are brilliant in their artistry, and I loved watching them grow in their talents and their skill sets. And my prayer was to watch them use their talents and skill sets to glorify Christ. There was a common problem that I saw over and over again, and that is for the Christian creative, they don't belong. They felt isolated and they felt as if they are alone. What I mean is that when they're at church, they feel because they don't fit a certain mold, then they are ostracized there. But yet whenever they are in the world, because of their faith, they are ostracized from that perspective as well. I would write these recommendation letters trying to get these kids into schools, and many of them had the debate, do I want to focus more on my faith or do I want to focus more on my skill set? Now that is conflicting because I don't believe that other career paths have the same type of struggles that the Christian creatives do. For example, I think that if you are a carpenter or you are good with your hands and woodworking, I don't think that you have to think through, do I want to be a Christian or do I want to be a woodworker? No, you go and be a woodworker and uh, in your private and quiet time uh, in community with the, the body of believers at the church, you are growing in Christ as you are going out and doing your work in the field. But for the Christian creatives, many of them are put in the same category as pastors and teachers, and I just don't think that that should be so. I think that the painter could be compared to the carpenter, and I think that the mailman could be compared to a singer. Now, what I mean by that is each one of them are called to do their work with great diligence and persistence and to be a light to wherever it is that their place of employment is. And so for the creative, if their place of employment is in video or music or writing, whatever that might be, is that they do need to be good at their skill set. 
yes, ultimately they are called to first be a follower of Christ, but that doesn't mean that they are any less of a creative and good at their skill set. And that's where I feel the church can rally behind our creatives by encouraging them how to be a faithful follower of Christ, but how to use their gifts and talents to glorify God. And that doesn't mean that they have to just tell an explicit story, but that they can also be kind, loving, faithful, reflecting the themes of the Bible that are not necessarily explicitly about Jesus, such as restoration, redemption, love, sacrifice, family. And we can find this in scripture, Song of Solomon, David, writing stories that are not only telling about our faith, but also things of love and fatherhood and leading. These are good things. And if we have more creatives who are telling these stories, then I think that we're going to be better off. So once again, explicity, mystery, and controversy are the things that I find many Christians struggling with in their creative arts. And it's time for the church to rally together and encourage our creatives to get out there, tell their stories, and be okay that it's somewhat mysterious, to have depth that's going to go over some people's heads, but it's going to have a heavenly truth that's going to affect others. That is beautiful, and we should encourage that. We don't need to always be explicit, but our churches do need to be explicit. And when we are preaching and teaching the gospel, we do want to make sure that we are being clear that Jesus is the only way. And we definitely do not want to be controversial of young Christian creatives who found that they could not grow in their arts within the church and that the only people who are going to foster and train and essentially love them was going to be found in a secular, artistic, anti-God atmosphere. We need to change that. We need to change that. There are places such as Bob Jones University. Shout out to Darren Lawson, Dean of Fine Arts over there doing amazing things, been doing amazing things over the last several decades. And we have other uh, Christian leaders such as Brett McCracken, who is leading up and trying to grow Christian creatives and by educating them. Uh, Humble Beast, Jackie Hill Perry, all these different organizations that are out there and we need more of them and we need to come together. We need to network with one another. And if you are a Christian creative and you want to network with myself or Alethea Legacy, I would encourage you to shout out. If you are a church wanting to tie in and learn more about how you can partner with us and equip your young creatives, we want to come together and we want to help you. That is our mission to create, engage, and inspire. And ultimately, that's what we see that Jesus did is that he was creating stories that were engaging to everybody and that some of those individuals were inspired by his message. And those were the people who eventually changed the world. Thank you for watching another episode of Cultivating Truth. We enjoyed having you. We're going to continue to grow. So please be sure to uh, rate us on your podcast apps, uh, like us on YouTube, subscribe. We're going to be pushing these out every week, eventually having series and teachings as we want to continue to grow our Christian creative network. Uh, but we've loved having you. Please pray as we grow within our mission to create, engage, inspire. See you next week. Bye.